Zipper rolls out to the right, pitches off to Taylor, and Taylor's to the 20. Down to the 15, down to the 10, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1. Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Touchdown, Billy Taylor! Billy Taylor scored a touchdown from 21 yards out. The crowd goes berserk. It was November 22nd, 1969 that they came to Barry, Michigan, all dressed in maize and blue. The words were said, the prayers were read, and everybody cried. But when they closed the coffin, there was someone else inside. Oh, they came to Barry, Michigan, but Michigan wasn't dead. And when the game was over, it was someone else instead. Eleven Michigan Wolverines put on the gloves of gray, and as the organ played the victors, they laid Woody Hayes away. Under center is Wangler at the 45. He goes back. He's looking for a receiver. He throws downfield to fire. Welcome to the Michigan Man Podcast on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew for Wolverine fans from coast to coast. Go Blue and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. On this week's Visitors Edition, we welcome Wes Brown, who covers Maryland football for SB Nation's Testudo Times. Before he joins us, let's start things off with my view from Section 17 as we do each week. As we hit the road to play Maryland this week, my question is, can we build on the momentum of the last two weeks? I think we can and will. This Maryland team is reeling right now. They've lost their last four injuries on both sides of the ball, especially at quarterback, and they are still learning a new system under first-year head coach Mike Loxley. They have some very good talent, but not enough right now. We have to go down there and take care of business. We are a good team right now, but how much better can we be? In one month, will we be a team that can challenge Ohio State? I think those are questions we all have. I just have a hunch good things are coming in the next few weeks. Our opposition this week is on the other side of the spectrum. The season is coming off the rails, and they have been decimated by injuries. The stands have been virtually empty at recent home games, and fans seem to be wearing out with what seems like a never-ending rebuild for Maryland football, especially since they joined the Big Ten. Joining us next on this week's visitor segment is Wes Brown, who covers Maryland football for SB Nation's Testudo Times here on the Michigan Man in partnership with our friends at SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Thank you. 
Here with us on our visitor segment this week is Wes Brown, who covers Maryland football for SB Nation's Testudo Times. Welcome to the show, Wes. Thanks for having me. As you and I talked about before we started taping, I was promoting the show earlier this week, and I was getting emails from listeners saying, uh, what is uh, this Testudo? What does that word mean? What's it about, and how is it connected? Uh, to University of Maryland Sports. So give us a little bit of history on that. Yeah, so I'm a, I'm a student at the University of Maryland, and um, the SB Nation site, TestudoTimes.com, is uh, sort of named after the uh, mascot. The, Mar- the Maryland mascot is the Diamondback Terrapin, and uh, the name of our Terrapin is Testudo. So it's sort of a play on the, uh, the school mascot to make Testudo Times. Well, there you go. So for everyone who's wondering about it, listening out there, that's it. Well, let's start off uh, talking about what's happening with this Maryland program right now, uh, specifically the quarterbacks, Wes. Uh, uh, that's been an issue for, for Maryland this year. You have transfer Josh Jackson from Virginia Tech, who's actually from the Ann Arbor area, played at Saline High School, and Terrell Pigram. They've seen the most time. Uh, they've also suffered injuries. Quarterback play has really struggled, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's one of those things where you bring in Jackson and you think you have a guy who... Um is going to compete with Pigram, who played uh, a bulk of the season last year. And it's one of those things where they got off to a hot start against Howard and Syracuse, where the offense was just clicking on all cylinders. But particularly, they did well at the beginning of the games, and that sort of built the foundation for um, later in the game. So as we've seen sort of in Big Ten play, uh, both, both quarterbacks have made mistakes early, and that sort of made the team try and fight from behind, and neither one's really been able to uh, to do that. Well, I know last week against Minnesota, Josh Jackson played early, then came out, and uh, Coach Loxley said he thought it was a confidence issue. Pigram got hurt. So this week, it sounds like, uh, according to Coach Loxley, uh, Jackson's taking the snaps with the number one team. Pigram is questionable. Is that what you understand with their injury situation, too? Yes. Yeah, so yesterday, Loxley said that Pigram suffered a slight hyperextension in his knee during the Minnesota game. And when he put uh, Jackson out there and he took him off the field after one drive, it didn't really seem like he had it in him. So uh, that that's sort of when DeSue came in the picture, who's sort of been the number three quarterback. Um, so, yeah, right now it's Jackson's taking the first team reps and DeSue is taking the second team reps. And they're they're ideally believing that Pigram will be available Saturday if needed. But um, Jackson's definitely taken the snap so far this week. Well, you know, just six short weeks ago, the Terps were 2-0. and They were ranked in the top 25. And as you mentioned, had blown out Howard and Syracuse to start the season. When and why did it start going off the rails for this team? Well, they faced a really tough Temple team who uh, a lot of people overlook because of uh, their conference not being... Um, not being highly highly touted, but it's a really tough team, and they, they face a really grinded out game in their their third game of the season. And then coming off of that first loss on the road, they came home and they faced Penn State, which they usually end up facing sort of the I like to call it the Big Four of the Big Ten East at the end of the year. Um, but facing Penn State at home and then suffering that loss as well, it sort of just built onto it, and everything sort of snowballed from there. And, you know, I was looking at the stats, the numbers earlier this week, and they don't always tell the story, but what I found fascinating was uh, this. That Maryland is averaging 32 points a game, so offense has not been a problem. Their opponents, 29 points per game. If you just looked at those numbers, you would say, 
hey, this team is better than three wins. So that that is sort of a mystery, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, they, they, they just won their first two games by such big margins that even when they played Rutgers, their lone Big Ten win, um, beat them by, by quite a big margin. And it's sort of been their, other than the loss of Temple, the majority of their losses have been um, pretty pretty tough losses as well. So it's sort of back and forth. But technically, when you look at the point spread, they have they, they do average more than they um, average giving up. Well, Wes, let's talk about the uh, the running game. Anthony McFarland Jr., who is uh, reportedly close to 100% for this week, and uh, Javon Leak have been getting the bulk of the carries this year, and they've got pretty decent numbers. Talk about those guys and the running game in general for Maryland. Yeah, so the, the running game is something Maryland's really built on. Um, last season when they had Matt Canada and ran more of that jet sweep, uh, offense. It, it really gave them a chance to show off everyone they have um, up and down the board in that, that running back room. They're, they're very deep. Almost anyone can, can take the ball and do 100 yards a game. Um, Leak has actually uh, gained more yards than McFarland this season, um, which is interesting because McFarland's the one guy everyone seems to, to look out for. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, I mean, even, even that room has suffered injuries with uh, Jake Funk and Lorenzo Harrison going down. Um, but coming into the season, they had five guys who could have easily started. Yeah, and last year, I believe, and a lot of fans might not know this, I think they were the uh, fourth-best rushing team in the Big Ten. And, yes, you're right, that running back room has a lot of depth. Are there issues in the trenches with that offensive line so far this year? Yeah, so that that's another position that's been hit with injuries. Um, and, and one of the big things with Maryland being moving from the ACC to the Big Ten um, they, they sort of haven't been able to bring in guys who necessarily match the size that some of the Big Ten programs are able to bring in. Um, obviously, you have the likes of Ohio State, Michigan, um, and those people who can bring in um, players from all around the country. But then you also have teams like even uh, Nebraska or like Minnesota last week who has uh, one of the biggest offensive lines in the league. Um, it's just one of those things where they haven't necessarily have the bodies Um but also injuries have, have sort of set that group back. All right. Well, injuries have been a theme for Maryland this year, and it's affected the passing game, of course, with both quarterbacks or all of the quarterbacks uh, having injury issues. Talk about that receiving core and who some of the uh, the guys that have stood out so far this year for the Terps. Yeah, so they have a uh, transfer in Sean Savoy, who uh, is technically the one of the eldest receivers on the team, with uh, DJ Turner taking a redshirt season for the rest of the year. Um, Dante Demas is one of the young guys who really stepped up. He had really big games against Howard and Syracuse. Um, so yeah, m- mostly those two guys um, have sort of been taking taking the, the bulk of the roles from the uh, from the outside positions. Here with us on our visitors segment this week is Wes Brown, who covers uh, Maryland football for SB Nations at Testudo Times. Wes, over on the other side of the ball, uh, I think we all can see that the defense is struggling, especially with getting pressure on the quarterback. Your take on the Terps defense? Yeah, part of that comes with the the shift in um, philosophy with the new staff. Uh, with uh, Coach Hope coming in, uh, they shifted from a four three to a three four, and um, they're they're sort of getting used to playing with uh, outside linebackers and one defensive tackle rather than having um, two defensive ends, two defensive tackles. So sort of sort of trying to figure out what personnel fits where has sort of been an issue so far this year. And uh, injuries and, and lack of depth have impacted that defense also, haven't they? Yeah, so they had um, they had one player leave uh, before the season started who figured to be a, a contributor in the defensive line, but it, it's, it's been hard to find someone who who can fill the, the middle gap with that nose tackle position. 
Um, I mean, they have lots of players they brought in for the defensive end and outside linebacker positions. Um, it's just been it's just been tough to find players that can fit that on a weekly basis. Well, it's Saturday, of course, with Michigan coming in. It's a, it's a, a noon kickoff. Supposed to be a nice weather day there, mid fifties and sunny. But from a Maryland perspective, and I know when uh, when it's been going downhill and you've lost four in a row, it's tough. What do the Terps have to do if they are going to make it a game with Michigan on Saturday? Um, well, well, part of it does come out to the uh, the start on offense. Um, if they can at least, you know, move the ball down the field a little bit, even if it maybe does result in a punt or something, but being able to pin Michigan back and not giving them good field position to start could give the defense a chance. Because even against Indiana in the last uh, home game, the, the, the Terps, even though they did give up 520 yards, they also were able to negate a lot of points in the red zone with the defense. So um, being able to, to get off to a hot start on offense to assist the defense. And also Maryland has, I believe it's still the, the third longest takeaway streak in the country. So hopefully the, the, the defense would be able to come out and continue that streak of getting some takeaways, and that can also help the offense sort of get moving. Well, I know the Terps hope to, uh, to get it turned around this weekend because after Michigan, it's Ohio State and Columbus, and then Nebraska, and then Michigan State to finish the season. Sort of hard to see a victory in any of those games right now, isn't it, Wes? Um, yeah, I mean, one could say that, but also I would say the, 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 the one light in that is probably Nebraska. Um, being able to face them at home, that'll be senior day, military appreciation day. So e- even though they might, uh, they might struggle against Michigan and Ohio State, there, there is always hope. And Loxley, what, one, of, one of the big things he learned from Nick Saban is taking things week, week by week. Um, so he's, he's definitely coming to every week with a new mindset, getting ready on, on focusing on that Saturday. So it, it's in, within the program. Um, it seems like they're not they're trying not to let things build up, um, but obviously learning learning things like that takes time. It's a tough way to go. And you know, when I look at the program, the last couple of years, uh, you look at some of the recruiting classes. They've been very good. DJ Durkin, I think, really upgraded the talent level in a short period of time. Coach Loxley has always been known as a very good recruiter. Are you and fans optimistic he can make Maryland football? competitive in this conference Wes yeah I mean he, he certainly has the credentials to be able to do that um, his staff is kind of on a uh, kind of kind of on the back foot right now because of the situation that happened at the end of Durkin's tenure his staff didn't really recruit the 2020 and 2021 classes very heavily because um, they were kind of hands-off with all the uh, investigations and whatnot but I, it, it there, there is a lot of belief that Loxley can turn things around in terms of a talent perspective because um, even like P.J. Flex at last week heading into the Maryland matchup, Maryland is a very athletic team, and they have athletes across the board um, in terms of talent rankings and whatnot. It's just a matter of they haven't always had the right size, and also the Big Ten is just a much tougher conference than the ACC. You know, and I often wonder if the fan bases at Maryland and Rutgers, uh, you know, think to themselves, why in the heck did we join the Big Ten? But, you know, it's actually been a good transition for other sports at both schools but catching up on the football field, as you've been mentioning, uh, has proven to be the real challenge for both Maryland and Rutgers, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, it, it's one of those things where outside of, of football, uh, Maryland's, Maryland's had a lot of success in the Big Ten and pretty much every other sport. Um, but it, it, it does it, it does affect football where um, they don't necessarily have the right size and it's tough to compete. 
um, year in and year out when you know you're going to have to face potentially three or four top 20 teams just in conference play alone. And as far as the fan base goes, uh, it's tough when uh, when you're trying to build a program and then things go off the rails like they have this year. What would you say the uh, the confidence level of the fan base is right now in the direction of the program? So Maryland, Maryland sort of had this this issue where they've been bringing in coaches, they get three or four years, and then things don't necessarily work out, so the process starts over. Um, I think a lot of fans are hopeful that Loxley's going to get a little bit more leeway and he's going to get a little bit more time to try and build the program that he wants to build, being from D.C., being um, a staple within the Maryland program in the past. You know, it, it, it seems like he's the kind of guy who, if, if anyone can lead this program, is most likely Loxley. Um, at the moment, when people look at the record and they see the play on the field, it, it obviously looks bleak, so there's not much there's not much confidence from the fan base in terms of this season and this team. But I believe in the long run, there is hope that Loxley is the guy who can turn it around. You're right, and it does take time. You know, hopefully he gets uh, at least five years to uh, to get his guys on the field. And when you look at the recruiting base, that's I think that's what's amazing to me in that D.C. area, the Virginia area where Maryland recruits, there is just a ton of talent. If they can just start to get in on that every year, really have a, a lot of talent available to them, don't they? Yeah, I mean, the the, the DMV areas, like the, they, they like to call them Maryland, D.C., Northern Virginia, um, even in the Virginia Beach a little bit. Um, it, it's one of those talent areas where there's so many programs within such a small area. Like People always look to the Floridas and the Californias, and they obviously have talent. But those states are are huge, and they're they're grabbing talent from everywhere. But this is this is a very very small area, and the the amount of recruits that come out of here is is pretty fascinating. We'd like to thank our guest today, Wes Brown, who covers Maryland football for SB Nation's Testudo Times. Wes, uh, thank you very much for taking your time, and we look forward, hopefully, to a, a visit from you in the future. Thank you for having me. Quick hits is next as we wrap it up for another week here on the Michigan Man on Wolverine Sports Radio a member of the V-Sporto Network and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Kids today, eight games into the season, we are in very good shape from an injury perspective. Ronnie Bell is our only question mark, and it sounds like he is day today, so we hope we uh, see Ronnie back in the lineup this Saturday. Here are some game day facts. Michigan leads this series with seven wins against one loss. The first meeting was on September 28, 1985 in Ann Arbor, a 20-0 win for us. Last year, we prevailed on October 6th in the Big House, 42-21. Mike Loxley is in his first year as head man, sort of. Uh, He was interim head coach at Maryland in 2015 for six games. His record is 6-36 overall as a head coach. They were 5-7 overall last year, 3-6 in the Big Ten. Their last bowl appearance 
was the 2016 Quick Lane Bowl, a 36-30 loss to Boston. They are 3-5 heading into Saturday's action and in the midst of a four-game losing streak. The game starts just after 12 noon in College Park, and the weatherman says it will be sunny and mid-50s, a beautiful day for football, much better than last week. Remember that wherever you get your podcast from, please like us and leave a comment. If you have any thoughts you would like to share on this season, email me anytime at the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. That's the Michigan Man Podcast at yahoo.com. That will do it for another week. Next week, we have our second and final bye of the season. Then we get ready for the home stretch against Sparty, Indiana, and you know who. So I'll have one show for you next Wednesday. Make sure you join us. Enjoy the game Saturday, everyone. Think victory, beat Maryland. I'm your host, Mike Fitzpatrick. Have a great Wolverine week. Until we meet again, take care, and as always, go blue. Thanks for joining us today on The Michigan Man, here on Wolverine Sports Radio, a member of the V-Sporto Network, and in partnership with SB Nation's Maze and Brew. Our listener lines are open 24-7 for your calls at 313-263-4842. That's 313-263-4842. Or email us at themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. That's themichiganmanpodcast at yahoo.com. The Michigan Man Podcast is produced at the studios of Robin Lynn Productions, Allen Park, Michigan, and is not affiliated with the University of Michigan. Go Blue!